When we think about automation or robots doing particular tasks, on the farm isn't always the first place people think. Instead, maybe along the manufacturing line of a car factory, or the Roomba along the kitchen floor come to mind first. But with some farms using robots for the past 20 years and others, just thinking about investing now, a new wave in food production could be on the way. Isn't it time farming was reimagined? Say hello to DOT, a diesel-powered, hydraulically-driven platform set to revolutionize the future of farming. Collaborating with leading equipment manufacturers from around the globe, DOT integrates with any implement designed as DOT-ready. At Ironox, we're using robotics and intelligence to grow better food for less in a way that uses less. Less of what we can't get back or can't afford to waste. I'm Andrew Campbell, and this is Food Bubble, where today's question is, how are and how will robots be part of food production? The success of the Lely astronaut milking robot is based on the principle of free cow traffic. This means that the cow is free to eat, drink or rest, and to let herself be milked. Whether it be the technology in which a robot milks the cow, which has been around Canada for two decades, or a unit that can plant crops and then fertilize, spray, and take grain to a waiting truck, which is a new type of technology being developed right here in Canada. Whether it's robots in a greenhouse to handle produce or robots to feed animals, the era of automation on the farm is here, and today we're getting a front row seat. Knowing you've chosen the best insurance company to protect your business should not be complicated. If you have a farm, you need a farm insurance expert. Trillium Mutual's Real Ontario Farm Insurance Brokers understand the unique needs of your farm operation. Trust them to provide you with the best coverage across Ontario. To find a Real Ontario Farm Insurance Broker near you, visit TrilliumMutual.com and follow them on Facebook and Twitter at Trillium Mutual for tips on how to protect what matters most to you. When it comes to technology around the farm, there's no question that many sectors have adopted various forms of it. Auto steer technology allows a grain farmer's tractor to use GPS to drive the tractor in a straight line up and down the field. Now, the farmer still needs to be in that tractor's seat and turn it around at the end of the field, but obviously a big step. Timed augers and conveyor belts feed pigs and chickens across the country to ensure fresh feed comes throughout the day with or without the farmer in the barn. And when we talk about an actual robot, dairy farmers have had the first opportunity among farmers to buy into the idea. Myself personally, I've been around robotic milking um, actually since 1998. Tony Brazda is with the company that brought the first milking robot to Canada in 1999, a company called Lely. Although that's not where he caught the bug. I worked in milking parlors, uh, metering systems. I enjoyed the technology uh, available for that. Uh, some of the uh, automatic recording devices and uh, milk quality uh, sampling devices that were, were available. Uh, I was with a, uh, a company um, that's uh, been swallowed up by different conglomerates now. It's called Westphalia. They were working on a robotic milking system. I got... Uh, interested. I, I caught the bug. I spent too much time in Germany 
uh, working on, a, on an early prototype of a, of a milking system that actually never quite made it to market. But it's, it's what first got me uh, interested in the, uh, the possibilities and the advantages that uh, um, automatic milking can bring to dairy farmers. So then, Tony, that first robot that Lely installed in 1999 was a milking one, and it's become the flagship product for Lely. So this is a standalone system. It uh, actually gets installed in the barn uh, where the cattle can wander into it uh, at their leisure, um, get milked. Uh, they also get fed. Uh, they show up on, uh, on their schedule uh, and get milked. Um, so no humans present at that point in time. Um, it's really just the cows doing this um, on their own. Then let's start with the advantages, Tony. And what's in it for a dairy farm to buy and install one of these? So, so the, the first advantage that sort of strikes uh, um, to the heart would be the labor flexibility. Uh, milking cows, many people don't mind milking cows. In fact, it's an enjoyable task. I don't want to do it on Christmas morning, though. Um, there's other things I'd rather do some of that time. So, so the first advantage that really came to mind was was uh, in around the labor savings, the flexibility of uh, of lifestyle gains of the uh, the individual producers that can install these systems. And uh, what surprised us actually the gains of the cow itself, and and those are really substantial and probably as much as anything else. That's one of the reasons it's driven the market. Uh, the way that it has. And so what I mean there is, is if we look at the cows in a robotic system versus a conventionally milk system, the cows are much calmer, much quieter. And that, that's not just an observational thing. There's actually some, some work done in, in Italy that showed that cows milked with uh, robotics have lower levels of adrenaline. Um, we see uh, an improvement in, in, uh, in their reproduction efficiency, which is a, uh, an indication that they're they're, they're being treated well, that, the, that their bodies are responding well to what we're seeing, and we see an improvement in milk production too as well. So on, on many fronts, we see better lives for the cows. We see uh, globally uh, cows live longer in robotic systems. So not only do they uh, form better from an economic standpoint, uh, but also from a, an individual cow for the health and welfare of the cow. They, the, the cows simply do better. Um, and, and that was one of the ones that probably surprised me. I, I wasn't expecting uh, to see that in the early days, um, but uh, certainly as the technology developed, as we learned the management systems that we needed to implement around it, uh, those those other benefits to the cows really became uh, evident and really probably drive the market as much as anything else. Now, speaking of driving the market, Tony, that first robot was installed in 99, and certainly there was uptake, but let's be honest, it was slow. I'm sure part of that was the technology itself in having to prove itself as a tool that could actually do a good job. But obviously, farmers needed to get behind the idea that something they'd done for literally generations in some cases could be passed off to a machine. That's changed now, hasn't it, with some serious growth in demand in milking robots over the last five or so years. Yeah, and you're 100% right. The last, uh, um, the majority of our growth has occurred in the last uh, uh, few years. It, it certainly has accelerated. Realistically, the last couple of years have been extraordinarily busy ones uh, for the company. And uh, um, we're, we're selling over 400 uh, systems a year. So 
basically more than one a day on average in Canada. Uh, uh, one of these robots is being installed uh, at, at that clip right now. Um, certainly the adoption of the technology came with a few things. One is, is the systems have proven themselves. They've been out long enough now that people believe in the technology. One is the industry and the management systems around it have, have, uh, have matured to the point where we have good management systems in place that people can adopt some standard operating protocols around working with these systems. Um, the ability to get them serviced isn't a, a concern. Uh, there's strong networks around uh, that can not only install this equipment, but make sure that it keeps functioning um, 365 days of the year, 24 hours a day. And uh, and lastly, the economics of it. The, the uh, um, And this often surprises people, and I don't know why, but the, the cheapest way to milk the cow is actually with a, an automatic system if you're going to value labor associated with it. Farmers can be notoriously stingy with uh, their own labor in terms of thinking it's, and I'm gonna, you can't see me using air quotes, but saying uh, um, it's free. Uh, but if they value labor, uh, and uh, it's certainly the most cost-effective way to milk a cow. Now, you mentioned the idea of it proving itself as a technology. Part of that, I'm sure, is evolution and the technology just getting better over time. How has it come along in the last number of years? Um, technology is involved uh, uh, considerably. The uh, company I work for would be on its its third major model reiteration um, uh, of what we're selling today in the marketplace in terms of adaptation uh, it's been it's been outstanding the majority of dairy farmers who build a new system today in Canada do indeed install a robotic uh, milking system so currently today we have uh, the company I work for has about 2,400 robots running in Canada today um, so from a, an install base in the last uh, uh, 20 years, uh, we've we're probably now um, robotically speaking, uh, Canada about 16% of the cows actually get milked um, with with robotics. So 16% of cows in Canada right now are being milked by some kind of robot, whether a Lely one or one of their competitors that include names like De Laval or Gia or others. A new robot being installed on average more than every day in this country adds to that adoption. This is a serious evolution in how dairy farms operate, but I've got to wonder about the emotional connection here. Some farmers have to do the job of milking because it's what they enjoy doing. It's what they get enjoyment out of. Do you run into that, that some people are reluctant to give up that time with the cows? Uh, well, there there is that that connection, and I understand it, and I get it. And uh, um, but there's a few things that that I would would counter with, and and, and I'm going to tell a story and leave the names out. So, uh, uh, a farmer uh, had uh, four kids. Uh, one ten-year-old son, in particular, loved going with dad to the barn. That was his his thing. Just loved it. And they would show up in the milking parlor and milk cows. Um, and the son would learn probably for about uh, 15 minutes and then spend the next two and a half hours uh, learning the lesson that you finish a job once started and uh, stick to it and everything else that way. It became very repetitive uh, type of task. Same son, after the robotic system went out, 
it becomes more of a management by exception. You, 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 you check your cows on the computer, you see is there a reason to worry about any individual cow? And then what the father and son team does now is they look at individual cows and it's really applying um, um, cowmanship skills. The, the ability to go in and, and, and look at an animal to sort of say, do we think she's okay? Do we need to intervene? Then my question would be, does that sound like a, a, a better or worse use of, of that time, that bond that has, has formed between so many farmers and their livestock? And, uh, you know, we, we do hear a lot of feedback of, do people like milking cows? They do. Um, do they know their cows better or worse after they put the system in? We have lots that'll say, boy, I know my cows better because I'm not spending time with them on a mundane task. I'm actually looking for individual animals that can utilize my attention at this point in time. Now, that same question is one I posed to the president of the Canadian company Seedmaster and the company Dot. You see, both were born from Norbert Bojo, with Dot being the company advancing robotics for grain farmers. So are some farmers too emotionally attached to give up the cab of the tractor seat just yet, Norbert? For some of them it is, absolutely. Uh, but for a lot of them, they it frees them up to do a lot of the things that they can't do when they're captured in the cab. Um, like the things that they should be doing is checking seed depth, uh, looking at soil moisture, soil temperature, looking at at uh, getting getting the, the truck ready for filling the next load and and they can do all those things, picking picking the odd rock and stuff like that. And so now they have the luxury of of being able to do a multitude of things. And if they want, they can follow directly behind Dot and watch it very closely. But of course, after 15 or 20 minutes, that gets fairly boring. So they tend to sit and watch from the end of the field. And then after that gets boring, they, they they'll pick something else to do. But we should back up for a few minutes and talk about DOT itself. Maybe, Norbert, you can start for us with your idea for inventing and launching this. How did it start for you? Mostly the recognition of uh, robotics coming to farms and wanting to build that into the company Seedmaster at the time uh, so that we could uh, be on the front end and driving driving that change towards robotics. So after working at it, I worked at it on my own for two or three years prior to moving it towards finished drawings and, and prototyping two years ago. Um, and during that period, I, I worked out some patents that, that were much broader than just, just a seating unit. And uh, it ended up being a, a power platform that could handle almost any type of implement in agriculture, construction, forestry, mining. Uh, and so it got much more exciting. It's kind of a retirement project for me and I'm, I'm working at it as a, as a retirement project, but now there's tons of other engineers and people working on the project that uh, are carrying the ball for the most part. That's uh, quite a retirement project, Norbert, to reinvent and revolutionize how grain is grown in Canada. But what I'm most fascinated about is the fact that a lot of the ideas to this point, at least the ideas that I've seen, are still a tractor. 
A tractor that doesn't have a cab or a seat for a driver, but just a tractor that would be run autonomously and pull all the equipment we have today. Your idea is very different in this platform. In it supporting a planter or grain wagon or sprayer, and them really becoming fixed on top of one another for the job of the day. Why make such a big shift to what was already being tested by others? Usually the why is when I start to develop something new, I start right from the beginning. I try to put everything out of my mind that's existing because you you get misled by that because a lot of the features of a tractor are made for the driver. And uh, so if we don't need a, dri a, a driver, then we, got, we have to rethink the complete unit and... Uh, yeah, we. That's where the rest of the bigger industry is going to is taking the cab off of tractors. But there's so many efficiency gains by by making it a unit that that is self-propelled that picks up the implement of choice and and does the the job that it has to do, and then switches implements uh, by carrying something else. It it eliminates uh, a lot of of metal and wheels and spindles and hubs and and costly items that the farmer doesn't need a, a whole bunch of and uh, it overall one of the biggest things about it as well is without a tractor uh, and the, the counterweights that are needed on the tractor it eliminates uh, a lot of weight that has to be carried across the field and it eliminates a lot of the fuel required to to farm as well. We're estimating up to 20% fuel savings for farms, which is a, a big reduction in carbon footprint, of course. Then let's talk about how this machine actually works. How does the machine know where it is, where it's going, what it's doing, all of that? So one of our big developments that uh, we've got pretty solid now is what we call uh, uh, path uh, map creation, so creating the map for the field and uh, path planning. So as you know, uh, we've had uh, uh, RTK GPS so that we know where we are to a sub-inch accuracy these days on farms. And so we can create a very precise map that's got all the boundaries. It's got the power poles and the sloughs and the, and the grain bins or whatever else might be on the field. Uh, so the farm, the first step for a field is a farmer maps that, and he can take his half ton and drive it around uh, at the required location. And there's a very precise map then created of, of all those things. Uh, once we have that map, then we've got a software program that, that we've developed that creates a path plan. So he selects the implement that he's going to use. For example, if it's a 30-foot seeder, uh, then it does all the path planning for the complete field. And that's one of the other uses of DOT, uh, the terminology. It, it generates a, a series of GPS waypoints or DOTs that once it's downloaded into the, into the DOT unit, dot simply follows those waypoints around the field so everything is predetermined every foot of the way for the complete field and that sounds like a big job but actually it's less than a second to do a, a 300 acre farm uh, field so it's very quick 
very precise and the farmer can look at that map he can see how how dot is moving within that on a on a uh, just a simulated uh, screen he sees how dot is moving through the field and he can improvise to change the number of headlands or change the direction that it's seeding and things like that and again that's just very quick maneuvers so for DOT, there were three units that were tested last year. More are out in the field this year, although Norbert says they aren't publicly saying just what that number is exactly, but he is quick to point out that it is commercially viable today. Where the efficiencies get higher, of course, is when one operator can watch a few of these units at, at one time. So a lot of our customers are the very large farms that, that farm eight to... 20,000 plus acres and uh, and so efficiency, the efficiency of one operator handling a multitude of units is, uh, is important to them. Now Norbert, if we look ahead to the future of grain farming, do you see a time when a farmer is someone who is in the office of the shed monitoring and managing these machines by computer or is there still going to be quite a lot of labor involved? On the grain side, the, the farmer will always be involved because he has to be trucking product to the field uh, a few times a day. And uh, so he's not pushing buttons from a desk too far away. He can maybe go to the kitchen for a meal or or fit that into his timing schedule. But, uh, but he's totally focused on... The seeding world is the one we know the best because of Seedmaster. It's been in our blood for for a quarter of a century or more, and uh, uh, you couldn't pull a farmer away from the farm at seeding time. Back to Tony, though, and his answer to that question, as it relates to dairy farmers, is a bit different when looking into the future. Not really to re- really ready to divulge too many proprietary um, secrets, so to speak. Certainly, I foresee a day where um, most, if not all, Um, cows will be indeed milked robotically. So then the future as you see it, Tony, is that all cows will be milked robotically, but that isn't the only process you are automating at Laley. What other robots are you offering for farmers? Probably our other uh, well-known one would be uh, our automatic feeding uh, robot. Uh, What it does is it uh, basically uh, it goes up and down the feed aisles. It will uh, it'll, it'll push feed to make sure animals are able to reach it. It'll measure the amount of feed left in the bunk. Um, and if a bunk is getting too empty, um, basically it'll go mix a new batch of feed for that group of animals uh, and distribute that feed out and around. Several other products. So one would be a, a feed pusher, our, our Juno feed pusher. Uh, what it does is Cows eat, uh, they, they tend to uh, um, sort through feed, and, and by doing so, they, they push it away from themselves. Uh, and if they keep doing that, then the feed isn't where the next animal can come in and reach it. So uh, the, the feed pushing robot will go along and, and, and uh, push the feed back in, mixes feed uh, for the animals, and actually encourages them to get up and eat. Um, other products, too, that we have in terms of, uh, uh, of automation, what would be a, a newer one? Um, we call it a collector. Um, think of it as a Roomba for manure. Um, it basically keeps the floors clean. It's, it, it's, a, it's a vacuum draw um, to, to pull the manure up into the little storage vessel. Uh, and that's a newer product for us. Um, 
lots of interest in that particular product. Now, I can't help but start to daydream a bit in conversation about robotics. What is there already? What could be done down the road? What happens if are all questions I like to think about. And it's something that Leah Olson does too. She's CEO of Seedmaster and of DOT and previously was head of the industry association behind other farm equipment manufacturers in Canada. So I had to ask her, how does the entire industry or equipment manufacturers get ready for an inevitable wave of automation? I think, um, you know, the, the ag equipment manufacturers are tend to be more innovative and nimble than what some of the bigger manufacturers can be. And, you know, when you look at the evolution of DOT, it's really taking all of those changes on autonomous and embracing it. And when we talk about what DOT will do or can do, our offering to the shortline industry who might be a bit fearful about is this going to be the end of their company because they don't know how to get into autonomous um, operations. What we're offering with the platform is for other manufacturers to do what they do best, which is manufacture the implements. We will focus on what we do best, which is the power platform. And so from that perspective, we're offering uh, a way for you know, your traditional manufacturers to get into autonomous farming. I think um, in conversations that I've had with the ag equipment industry, whether that's you know, in Saskatchewan, Ontario, um, or, in, uh, or in the US, um, there's no doubt that the industry is changing. And a lot of that is in response to a shortage of skilled laborers on farms. And so as a result, when I think about autonomous farming, I think it's going to happen much faster than what people um, might be anticipating, simply because the customers, which is the grain farmers, are already using a lot of digital technology. And when we look at others in the industry like the dairy, um, you guys have proven that you know this isn't a scary opportunity. This is actually one that will help with increased efficiencies and um, and you know allow farmers hopefully to make a, a stronger profit. It could be an incredible world coming. It's not likely to be a smooth transition for all. It's not likely going to be a cheap transition either. After all. When we talk about a robot for milking cows, the technology is worth about $200,000, and that just milks 60 cows. If a farm has 120 cows, for example, you'd have to multiply that by two. If you had over 200 cows, you'd have to multiply that by four. But when we think about labor shortages, the advancements when we think about what data there is and what that data could be used for, or if we start to imagine how a machine could teach itself to do a better job every time, no matter what, you can rest assured food production is about to take another revolution. Canadian consumers have lots of questions about their food. Don't let someone else tell your story for you. Farmfood360.ca is an award-winning online video project. Its mission is to help farmers, food processors, and others tell their own stories in their own words and to be a trusted resource for consumers using high-quality video and 360-degree technology. Show the world the beauty of Canadian agriculture. Tell your story with farmfood360.ca. Visit www.farmfoodcareon.org for details. From nutrition to how it's grown, you have lots of questions about your food. 
Don't waste time online trying to find the best answers. Find food and farming information you can trust right now at bestfoodfacts.org. Bestfoodfacts.org connects you with leading university experts on food and farming in North America. A credible source found across all social channels, it features over 500 answered questions and new content every week. Your food and farming questions answered. Visit bestfoodfacts.org today. Next time on Food Bubble, we are talking beef. After all, we're all familiar with burgers and cuts of steak, but a beef animal isn't just made of steak and sirloin. So what do you do with the rest of it? We talk ways to move cuts of beef that the majority of Canadians haven't tried and don't want to eat. That's next time on Food Bubble. Food Bubble is produced by Jess Campbell, Jess Nicholson, and Ashley Ferrero and put together at Fresh Air Media. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and dozens of other podcasting or podcatching apps. So if you're already subscribed, we'd love it if you told a friend or two about us and how to find us. You can certainly send your feedback or questions to me directly. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the handle Fresh Air Farmer. If you want to see some of these robots in action, I've posted a link on my social media to the DOT video, as well as a farm tour I did a couple of years ago on a dairy farm that actually had the robot feeders, milkers, poop scoopers, and all the technology you can handle. That's it for this week. Can't wait to chat food again next week.